Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about what are the top three desires slash wants that retirees have that they wish they had prior to retirement. Yeah, this is uh, it's a fun topic. It's definitely worth uh, digging into and something that uh, it, it, it always amazes me how many times we go through these these exact same things with folks and the difference between when they are still working and when they have fully retired. So before we dive into that, though, Alex, what are we drinking today? Today, we are drinking Drop Top Amber Ale. Uh, this is an amber style beer uh, from Widmer Brothers Brewing down in Oregon. Clocks in at 5.3% and uh, a whopping 18 IBUs. Yeah, so for those of you who listen to us often and they're like, what IPA are Ryan and I was going to talk about today? Ha, we are drinking an amber. And I craft beer, like ambers were my introduction to craft beer. This is one of my favorites. I, I love this beer. Yeah. Uh, amber ales are, it, I, I guess I still enjoy them. Um, you know, they're below IPAs for the most part for me, but I still enjoy the amber ales. This one's a solid one, right? If I were to rank this out of, out of 10 bottle caps, I'd probably give this a solid eight. Yeah, this is a nine for me. I think this is, again, so much of it is just brings me back to the days of uh, days past uh, drinking in college and, and whatnot after, after long shifts. At solid drinkable beer, right? Not too heavy, obviously. So check them out. Widmer, Widmer Brothers Drop Top Amber Ale is the name of the beer. Yeah, nice, nice, good multi, multi profile. So let's dive into this. It's interesting, right? So you and I, you know, we have the pleasure of working with people that have retired or pre, like just about to retire and then go into retirement. We also work with people that tend to be in their like early 40s, maybe late 30s that have families that are starting to, you know, they're wanting to have conversations around like retirement planning just like at, at a high level. And when you think about our lifespan i think when you're in your you know early 40s like like we are like we're in the the prime working years from an from a really when your income starts to take off but you also have this well my kids are getting older and college savings is important you've got this this retirement planning that you're like well i need to make sure i'm still doing that because retirement is is no longer so far away that I can't even fathom it, but it's still far enough away that it's like, well, it's not top priority. Well, and so ultimately everything winds up being kind of tied for top priority. And a lot of the folks that are, you know, mid thirties to mid forties, like really have a, they struggle with trying to prioritize this stuff, figuring out, okay, what is the top priority? And then you talk, when we talk to retirees, a lot of times they're, we're asking like, Hey, what, what are your goals? What, what is it you want? Was it, what is it you've been wanting that you can finally have? What, what, what are your values? They all come down to a lot of like the three things we're going to talk about today. And I, I think you can actually, you can have these three things prior to retirement. If you've, if you've set yourself up 
financially. And what I mean by that is not like you've already got a bunch of money sitting in on the side. It's more of you have the plan of attack where you can have the focus be on these three areas. Well, I'm, I'm reminded of a, a very famous quote. I have seen it attributed to many people, but the the quote, and I, I believe Einstein is the the person I've seen it attributed to the most, is the ultimate in complexity is simplicity. Yeah. And that will go through all three areas here, right? So like, let's, let's kind of dive into here. The, the number one area, not the number one in terms of order priority, but number one in this conversation is they want to simplify their finances. And I think that's most people that are working right now and most people that aren't working, right? Just most, most people in, in general want their finances simplified because we have so many different logins, so many different right financial institutions we work with. It can We might have so many different retirement plans. It's hard to, to simplify things. Well, and we, as we get older, the desire to have things be more complex is so incredibly limited. Like people want to go ahead and make it simple, easy to understand. And I, like, I'm reminded of, of a television commercial came on years ago of just like hitting the easy button. Like, yeah. I want to know what the plan is and make it simple. And so there's some easy ways that we can go ahead and go about doing this while at the same time still maintaining a well-diversified, robust, complex plan that is simple and easy to understand. But I think they want it simplified because they don't want to have to worry about, did I do what I needed to do, right? The more simple it is, the more, and the more automatic it is, the easier it is to live your life and not have to worry about, you know, financial topic a b or c yeah and and so if, if you're okay kind of launching into how do we go about solving this for clients yeah is that so that's great now ultimately we kind of come back come at this from a couple different approaches one we want to have some amount of guaranteed income and like we can go ahead and ignore how we get guaranteed income it's a little bit different for each client but have some amount of guaranteed income where it does not matter what the market is doing. We have a guaranteed paycheck in retirement from our investment accounts every month. Does not matter what the market's doing. Market could go through the roof. Market could go through the floor. We still receive our paycheck. Then, But most people want that because, I mean, think about your working years. You know, most people collect a paycheck where every two weeks or once a month, however your pay cycle that you're you are accustomed to, that paycheck, that income came into your your checking account. When you tra- when you transition into retirement, it's no longer someone else giving you the paycheck. It's now your own assets, and that that can be a struggle having that mindset shift. Which, to your point, when you can create that income like that, that's a, that's what people want. It simplifies their finances. One of the most difficult things in finance to accomplish is taking a static income from an inherently variable asset. Yep. And so having some sort of structure that provides guaranteed income 
solves a bunch of these issues. And like, we're going to ignore what that is. If folks really want to know, reach out to us. We'll happy, you know, if you really want to, you know, send us some notes and we'll, we'll tackle it in a future podcast, but having guaranteed income through whatever source is part of that. The next step is really having two different places that we can pull money from. One is dollars that are in the market and one is dollars that are out of the market and being able to just look at it once a year and go, we want to pull it from the, in the market. Great. Take withdrawal. We want to take it from out of the market because the market didn't do well or whatever the case may be. Okay, great. We take it from the out of the market account and we've got flexibility to be able to move money back and forth between the two. But now we have both market-based assets that will have a better long-term rate of return. And we have promise-based assets that we can use during downturns in the market, like what we've experienced during 2022. Yeah, it. I mean, really, you want different different styles of money. To to your point, with with that that income that's coming in the door, the door that you can count on. Really, what we're saying in in the second part is really just having liquidity, or flexibility. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that if you were getting to retirement and you were just kind of taking that interest only approach that we've spoken about several times in this podcast, the liquidity isn't as isn't really as apparent because if you need all of that money to scrape off the interest to turn on the income, well, that means if you took more money out, now you may have lowered what you can count on into the future. Yeah. You're going to be short in future years. And so that that liquidity and flexibility mixed with some guaranteed source of income is a huge stress relief and it's simple. Well, and it also, massively alleviates having to deal with or worry about what's going on in the market. If we have a bad year, great. We don't pull out of our market-based assets. And it becomes a simple and easy discussion to have and very easy and just here's how we do it. And this doesn't happen the day you retire. (laughs) Correct. I think too many people are like, well, I understand what Ryan and Alex are saying, but I'm 40. I don't need to worry about that today. Well, let's plan with the end in mind and build towards the future and create the future that you want to have. So if you want to be 60% in the market and 40% out of the market at retirement, great. And let's say that you're 80% in the market and 20% out of the market. Great. We need to build a map on how we're getting to there over time because the the more that we take really big steps towards changing that, going from 80-20 to 70-30, like, okay, that's a 10% swing in terms of what we're doing. And if we do that all at once, we just exposed ourselves to a ton of market risk, market timing risk. Which again... Going back to what people want, simplifying their finances, that would not simplify stuff. No, it adds more variables and more complexity. Which takes us to, to number two here, Alex, right? So the number two want that retirees have is, and I think many, just many Americans actually want this, is they just don't realize it until they sit down and, and look at what they truly value. And it's owning less things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
that there's a, a movie quote that I'm reminded of that, that says the things that you own end up owning you. And so many retirees talk about, man, I wish I hadn't bought X, whatever that is, or how do I downsize or how do I, how do I get rid of stuff? And yeah, it comes back to, you know, you and I have, have spoken about values. What is it you really value? And too often, like, I hate to pick on people, but I've already seen it occurring. Because of the pandemic, RVs became a very popular thing. <laughs> yes, they did. I mean, so much so that like the RV dealerships were running out of stock, which who've ever heard of RV dealerships running out of stock, right? And so they became so popular, price went up, right? Everything that occurred. I mean, I've got five people off the top of my head that all have said that they bought an RV in the last three years and all of them want to get rid of it at this point. Yeah. I mean, what I can think of a couple clients that had previously bought RVs that just absolutely love it. But at the same time, like it try to wade into these things slowly, like instead of going and dropping a significant chunk of change, whether it's five figures or six figures or well into six figures, rent one for a month and see if you enjoy it. Like figure out lower cost ways of, of trying to see if this even appeals to you. Maybe Again, it does. It's what you value. It We're does. not saying to not buy an RV. Let me be clear about that. Like if, if that's what you and your family really enjoy doing and you see yourself enjoying doing this and you've experienced that, like you've like proof is there. Fine. Awesome. But if you, if you've never tried it, like I said, I've got these five people. They're like, yeah, I, I bought this things. It sounded great in the moment. I wanted out of my house because of the pandemic, right? They, all of the things that came out and now they're all like, well, now that the, now that they are no longer, they can go and go to different vacations or they feel comfortable going to these different vacations. Now they're not using the RV. And quite frankly, they really didn't enjoy it that much. Yeah. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a desire to own less things and have less strings tied to you of like feeling required to go do X, whatever that is, whether it's an RV or a timeshare or um, for some people, like they bought a golf membership because it was something that they could go do and be outdoors. And then they figured out that they don't really like golf. So the, the takeaway is have like, understand what you value and what you truly enjoy, especially, especially when it comes to major purchases, like golf membership isn't cheap. RVs no. aren't cheap. Right. So just, have that value proposition with you and your spouse, like be on the same page. And oftentimes if you and your spouse have had this conversation prior, one of the spouses might call out the other spouse and say, is this really what we value rather right. than in the moment it's sounding exciting and try it out. So that's number two. And then which takes us to number three and I think everyone, this has been a, a, a transition, especially just with gift giving and just, I, mean, I think American society, um, it's focused on experience and their loved ones. Yeah. I mean, I've, there are a couple of clients that I've got who like one of them was talking about like the, the gift that their parents gave them for Christmas 
was plane tickets to come see them because it was really flipping expensive for a family of four to fly across the country. It would have been way less expensive for, you know, the parent to fly out, but because they're older, it made more sense to fly the younger family out. And instead of, you know, the, the parent, basically the grandparent in this case paid for the kids, the, the parents to come out to see them at Christmas. Uh, another example is a, a client built into their retirement plan that they want to spend five to 10 K a year on vacations, not on themselves, but on the ability to go ahead and take their kids and their kids' kids with them. They knew that, that uh, during their you know, early years when the kids are young, money is tight. And so what they valued was the ability to spend time with their kids and their grandkids. And so they wanted to just be able to take that burden off of the parents, their kids, and say, hey, we're going to go take a vacation, and this is what we're going to do. If you want to come, great. I, th- I think this is, so when you think of retirees, right, in, in the traditional uh, stereotypical sense, right, this is when you have money. Yeah. Right, because obviously you couldn't retire if you didn't have the money stashed away, right? So they've got the money, which, you know, people listening that are pre-retiree, they might be saying, well, they've got the money to be able to do what you just said. And I I just have the person that's thinking that just for a moment, stop and ask yourself, okay, well, maybe you don't have the retiree money, like money sitting on the sideline or in the 401k or wherever it's sitting. It doesn't really matter. The money's there. You have income coming in the door and you're most likely buying maybe gifts for your kids for birthdays or right. You're, you're, you're buying stuff. And you could take a step back and say, okay, maybe the stuff my kids don't actually care about, or I don't actually care about, or my spouse doesn't actually care about. Maybe instead we go to the bowling alley as a family and we go bowling. Like that's an experience, right? I I think too many people, they think of like, oh, well, what Alice just said is, you know, like my grandparents just spent $20,000 for the entire family to go on a Disney vacation, right? Like, I think that's what they heard. And while that's true, and that's exactly what retirees love to do, we can do that today. We don't have to be retired to focus on experiences. Yeah. I mean, so for example, like one of the things that you could do is instead of giving more stuff, give a season pass to go skiing or give like a punch card to go golfing or, you know, give multiple different concerts to go with your family or your loved one. You know, experiences wind up being some of the best gifts. I can guarantee you that some of my favorite gifts that, that Heather, my wife has ever given me, it was like random stuff, like going to a glass blowing class together. Like I would never have bought that for myself. And that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think you and I have recorded an episode on this specific topic where I remember one gift as a kid that really, like, I, I truly remember. The rest of the stuff I remember is all different trips or different experiences I've, I had with my parents and my, and my brothers. 
I think the same is true for most. I, I think there, there's always one gift that we all wanted that we all remember. Like, you know, let's just call it what it is. But that's one gift out of how many I was given. Oh, yeah. And so if we can transition and let's just and and transition it to, well, instead of, and to your point, instead of buying the Optimus Prime that converts into a gift. truck in the base, which by great, the way is great my gift, by the way, favorite gift. Thank you, mom and dad. In the GI Joe gift. But so I guess I have two gifts. Uh, <laughs> the rest of the time, to your point, like the ski trips that we used to take, I remember a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Like, I can actually like remember the specific days that we were on the mountain. Not yeah, just I mean, like in 1987, we went to Vail. No, I remember 1987 going to Vail, skiing down my first black diamond, falling, and then my dad going ahead of me, laughing at me, him falling and seeing the camera fly up, seeing his skis <laughs> fly up. Like if I could have captured this on video, we would have won that American Funniest Videos show, which by the way, is still on. I don't know if you knew that, Alex. I did. I came across it and my daughter absolutely loves that stuff. So it's been kind of fun to rediscover and re-explore that right so like i remember that specific day not just even the trip but that day and i think that's uh, true with a lot of things yeah my, my family used to go on a cross-country skiing trip over in leavenworth every year and i vividly remember one year my my dad was already out in the car and like raring to go and my sister and my mom and i were sitting in the hotel room and Barney the dinosaur came on and the three of us looked at each other and we're like, is this real? This can't possibly be real. Somebody's got to be just pulling somebody's chain on this. And, and so like, that was just one of the memories from that trip of just remembering the first time that I saw Barney the dinosaur and it burned into my memory. I, I still vividly remember like what room we were in, what hotel we were in, like what the what the track was like on the cross-country skiing that day like it was just crazy so th these experiences I, we've beaten the dead horse i think alex here but <laughs> we got <laughs> excited about sharing our memories right focusing on experience doesn't have to be this 20 30 50 000 trip with your family it's it's a day to the mountains it's the day to the bowling alley right? It's a day to top golf, I guess nowadays, right? And that time is still spent with the loved ones, which is, is the key that we all want. Yeah. It's, so, it, it's thinking through and figuring out like, okay, what would the family enjoy doing or what would I enjoy inflicting upon the family? As some people think about <laughs> it. <laughs> that, that actually does make me really smile when I get to inflict joy on my family. So <laughs> Hey, hey, Clark, I don't know if I should go sliding down that there hill. Real nice, Clark. Real nice. So in summary, the, right, the, the top three wants retirees have that they wish they had prior. And I think many people today that aren't retired want these same three are simplifying finances, owning less things, and focusing on experiences and their loved ones. And to do that, you have to take action, and we've had given several actionable tips to do this, which takes us to the question of the day, Alex. And our question today is, what would you want to focus on now, today, instead of waiting until your retirement years? 
So head over to beerandmoney.net. And at the top of the page is a contact us page. That's a spot for you to actually answer that question. Or if any questions came up from this that we didn't address or you would like for us to address, that's also a great spot to email us and let us know your thoughts. The whole purpose of this podcast is to talk about beer, which Alex and I truly enjoy, as well as to talk about money and to provide actionable steps for you to be better with it so that you can live the life that you want. We hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Mr. Collins. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities Member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 153194412. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License Number 7264699. CA Insurance License Number 0H24806. Pinpoint Number 2022-147998. Expiration December 2024.